Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So today we're going to be talking about a new entrant to the card game market. Um, This is not directly magic related, so that's why we made it a bonus episode. Uh, Feel free to skip if this isn't something that you're interested in. Um, But I thought it was worth talking about this new uh, game that is coming out um, because, well... You'll, you'll see as we get more into it, but it seems to have a lot of similarities with Magic. Um, th- this episode's going to be all about Disney's Lorcana, which is a new uh, trading card game that they are currently developing. And we've gotten to see the first handful of cards from this new game. And so we're going to talk a little bit about sort of like the mechanics uh, and especially like the similarities to Magic and what that might mean for Magic and for Lorcana. Uh, but before we dig into today's topic, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits, including ad-free episodes for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, all right. So, Zach, maybe you can give us a little bit of context. What does Disney licensed games look like in the past um, before we get into this new game that is coming out soon yeah so disney has i mean disney is everywhere they do everything they got their finger in every jar uh until recently the only one it seems like they didn't have their finger in was uh competitive tabletop gaming (laughs) so they have put out tons and tons of games over the years everything from like disney flavored games which is like disney monopoly or uh, Parcheesi or Uno or something like that to like specific like Disney IPs, which they always license out to somebody. So uh, any Disney board game that you've ever seen was licensed out to somebody. Uh, there's been a few that didn't sell super well. Um, there were old like back in the 90s Disney trading cards that just had the characters and cool art and like foily treatments and the, they no, nothing happened with those. No one really ended up caring. Um, the most popular game um, that Disney has put out that kind of appealed to a similar segment of players that Magic might was a game that a lot of you might be familiar with if you play a lot of board games. It's called Disney Villainous. Uh, there's also a Marvel Villainous uh, version of this game. Basically, it's a bunch... Uh, you, you pick a character uh, and there are cards that come with the game and like a board that you play with to kind of track uh, resources and movement and whatnot. And, uh, Everybody has a secret villainous goal and you're trying to complete your goal before anyone else can complete theirs uh, and stop them from completing theirs. Uh, And if you do yours first, you win. And if they do theirs first, they win. So it's kind of like a bunch of villains competing against each other and you all got to do something a little bit different. So the game's pretty fun if you haven't played it before. Uh, And it has been licensed out to a company called Ravensburger who who makes a ton of of games they they've uh made they do D D stuff um huge in uh, like the puzzle market yeah they, they do a ton of puzzle games and stuff like that um they, they're just a very large game company and game pieces company um so uh before now disney tcg sp- literally actually meant the cheetah girls um, and now we're going to get an actual TCG f- 
from Ravensburger. That is the the company who is like spearheading this uh, this card game that we're gonna get, um, which is called Lorcana. Um, and so that kind of that's the background. That's what Disney has been doing. Um, and so I guess do you want to just get into what <laughs> what the game looks like? Because they announced this a while ago, and I was actually expecting a lot of. Um, well, well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, let's, yeah. let's get into the cards. Yeah. Okay. So I'll 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 start off by saying that like uh, this is coming out in fall of 2023. So we have another year before like this hits the market. Um, but we've gotten to see a handful of cards, and as we're going through this, you may uh, recognize some familiar mechanics. Um, yeah. So I'm going to start off by talking about sort of what's the same between these cards and magic cards. Uh, what's different and then what's kind of unclear because at this point we don't really have the rules we can only have we only really have what we're able to uh to get out of um looking at these these cards so uh there's a lot of question marks still to to be determined but starting off with what's the same uh there appears to be a power and toughness or, or like an equivalent, you know, this game is going to have its own vocabulary as we'll get into more in a moment. Um, but they're on each creature. Um, and again, we don't know if there's other card types, maybe everything's creatures. Um, but the creature equivalent has something indicating that appears to indicate power, something that appears to indicate toughness uh, on each card. There is a name there is a line which appears to have several types. So, for example, Elsa Snow Queen is the name of one card, and its type line has Dreamborn, Hero, Queen, Sorcerer. So there is going to be some potential for tribal mechanics in this game. Uh, it appears they wanted to, like, the, the font used on this type line is very small, and they want to give themselves a lot of room to just list every possible thing that can go on there. Um, so that that's interesting. There is a cost on each card, uh, and that is just like a number appearing in the top left corner, or rather, it appears to be a cost. Uh, there's no equivalent of like colored mana symbols on the card, uh, or rather, like in the cost of the card or in the body of the card. That might change as we see more. Um, but what it's looking like is there is some resource that you can spend to cast these cards, and that doesn't appear to uh like or, or there, there don't appear to be different varieties of that resource it seems to just be like a single unified resource uh other things to note uh there is a tap symbol in this game uh it looks a lot like the tap symbol on the pre 8th edition uh frame or like borders whatever uh and then there appears to be like some sort of tapping as a mechanic like uh, for example, Elsa Snow Queen, as I mentioned, uh, she has this ability, uh, tap, exert, chosen opposing character. So it sounds a lot like you can tap her to tap target creature and opponent controls. That's kind of what it looks like. Uh, so a lot of similarities right off the bat. Um, we'll, we'll get into some more terminology changes in just a minute. Uh, one thing that does appear to be different is combat, but I'll explain that later. So uh, here's some more uh, terminology that, that might be familiar to you. So there's a couple cards uh, that mention banishing. 
So Maleficent Monstrous Dragon has this ability. When you play this character, you may banish chosen opposing character. So it sounds a bit like when you cast this, uh, you can destroy target creature or an opponent controls. And then uh, Cruella DeVille has this ability. When this character is challenged and banished, and we'll get to challenged in a second, uh, you may return target or you may return chosen character to their player's hand. So sort of like when this creature gets into combat and dies, you may bounce target creature, any player controls. Uh, so lots of similarities. Um, and then there is like a form of evasion within the game that is literally called evasive. Uh, so Mickey Mouse, Brave Little Taylor uh, has this ability evasive. Only characters with evasive can challenge this character. So it looks a lot like flying. Um, challenging, I don't think it works quite the same way that attacking and blocking does. And we'll, we'll get into that in just a moment. Let's talk about uh, some one last thing that I think is pretty interesting, even though there's no colored mana costs, there does appear to be colors within the game. So Mm -hmm. just sort of looking through the cards that are available, there is like a, the name and type line uh, are given a certain color and there's a little symbol that is unique to that color. So for example, Elsa snow queen has like a purple name and type line and this little like, spiral symbol right below her name uh maleficent monstrous dragon has a red type line and name and this little like sort of energy bolt or fireball maybe symbol below that um cruella deville has a green name and type line and this like spiraling star kind of symbol below it so i think that there may be color that the game cares about mechanically, but it doesn't appear to be uh, determined by, say, the cost in the way that a magic card would. Let's talk about uh, challenge, challenging, challenger, um, and see what we can figure out about it. So there's one card, uh, Captain Hook, Forceful Duelist, uh, and he has this ability, Challenger plus two. So when challenging, this character gets plus two uh, power equivalent. And there's also Robin Hood, uh, who has the ability, Good Shot. During your turn, this character has evasive, uh, meaning they can challenge characters with evasive. So the wording of the reminder text on Good Shot, this like they can challenge characters with evasive or or the reminder text on evasive, like only characters with evasive can challenge this character, makes it sound like they've got some sort of like Yu-Gi-Oh type system where creatures are attacking each other directly rather than attacking and blocking. Like the fact, like, you know, blocking is something that an, an opponent's character does to you. Uh, whereas like the wording on good shot, like, this character has evasive on your turn so they can challenge characters with evasive. Sounds like when you're challenging, it's something you're doing to other creature or like one creature is doing to another creature. So I think that there's some sort of like my Robin hood is going to attack your Mickey mouse rather than I'm going to attack you and Mickey mouse is going to step in the way. Um, But again, very hard to confirm when we have not seen any rules yet. 
another difference between this game and Magic, uh, every character card that we've seen so far has these diamond indicators in the bottom right corner. Um, so Maleficent Monstrous Dragon has these two little diamonds in the bottom right corner. Mickey Mouse has four diamonds. And it's prominent in a way that makes me think it's like actually relevant to gameplay as opposed to some kind of like rarity indicator. Um, we don't at this point, we don't know uh, what the win condition is in this game. And so I'm wondering if this might be relevant. This might be some sort of marker of like the point value of a card or something like that. Um, something that, you know, you don't need to know in order to, cast something or to to tussle with it in combat but it i mean it clearly means something but it's also put in an relatively out of the way place on the card so hard to tell at this point um but we'll maybe it's just like another marker sort of like the color of the card or the type line that could be relevant mechanically just something else for cards to care about like you know return a two-star villain, whatever, uh, from your banished pile to play, something like that. Um, we'll see. I, I suspect that it is more meaningful in gameplay than just one of those like flavor components or like mechanical hooks. Uh, okay, some things that are still unclear at this time. Uh, what the resource is. One one thing that like is a central component of magic that might not be true for this game because it is a little frustrating is like the mana system, the one land per turn restriction. Um, I could imagine this game going for something that leads to like less uh, feel bads and variants, like maybe something. I think in like Hearthstone, you just like tick up your resource every turn, right? Yeah, that's actually. Um... I have some predictions on that. So like the we've we've only seen these creatures and we've only seen cost. So that makes me think that like every turn you you get like that pip like they have obviously like been looking at card games and looked at magic. Like I was expecting a little bit more uh innovation um yes which we are not getting here maybe in other places we might get it but at least in this core like combat-y creature version it's pretty one-to-one in a lot of ways so my guess is it's somewhere in between like the multiple systems the hearthstones Yu-Gi-Oh's, magics where like you get a resource every turn and my guess is that there's deck building restrictions as opposed to like color of mana like in Magic, you can put any card in your deck, you just might not be able to cast it. Where I feel like this game might be like, you can only, ha- based on some condition, you can only have like the blue uh, like cards in your deck, or you can only have black cards in your deck, or you know, something like that. Um, which is more similar to like a Hearthstone, where like you pick your hero or your class, and you can put cards in your deck based on like that class. Um, even like magic has a hearthstone variant right now called spell slingers that they like yelled out into the world once and then never talked about again. And, (laughs) um, 
that's kind of how that works. Like if you're playing, uh, it, it's basically a Hearthstone ripoff, except you don't attack creatures directly. Um, and your deck is made up of cards that are the same color as your Spellslinger, and you can have splashes on monocolor ones. So like if you want to play Jace, if you really like Jace, then you can uh, get six other cards of a diff- single other color into your deck. So like mm-hmm. Jace is blue. You can play all the blue cards. Jace has some signature cards. And you could play six other ones. I'm assuming that there's going to be something like that here, where like my deck is like red cards, and I don't know how or why that would be, uh, because we don't we don't know any other card types. So do you want to talk <laughs> about that point next? Like we've only seen creatures, you know? Yeah. So Magic has experimented with like ways to play Magic that have fewer card types, like. For example, the Portal series uh, only had lands, creatures, and sorceries. And they did a little bit of finagling to make some of the sorceries work as instants. Um, So, you know, you can make a functional uh, magic clone with very few card types, but I can't imagine it's going to be just like purely creatures because uh, it may, um, well, I, I think you might just get into a mode where somebody has a really big creature and it can just kind of like challenge every creature you play. And yeah. and so you, you get in this pattern. Well, I don't want to just play my creatures to have them immediately die. What am I, you know, th- that seems like a really unfun play pattern. So I imagine there's got to be other ways to resolve combat or, or just like, um, make smaller creatures matter than than just ha- smashing them against each other mm-hmm. i mean that um, that is a criticism that like people have of hearthstone is that like because units can attack each other it's like pretty hard to keep anything interesting on the board for more than like a turn mm-hmm. um and that just might be a thing here you know like that just might be like what <laughs> what this game is going to be like too is like creatures die a lot or like they 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 don't use die they're probably not gonna use die what's, what's the wording that they use? Uh, they banished, banished. Yeah. yeah so you, your creatures are gonna get banished whoa and that's just what it's gonna be like you know that's just a design choice that they they're gonna make possibly who knows <laughs> we don't know yet so there was i guess uh one more thing that we could talk about uh in regards to game mechanics like we don't know how you win (laughs) yeah uh that is a big question mark like um i mean maybe it's the case well yeah it seems it's not super clear what resources you have to work with like it's possible that just life isn't a thing in this game and so you definitely need something to track your um the win condition that's kind of why i was in the absence of other information i was leaning towards these diamond things as maybe a point value um but still like it just raises a lot of questions like if there are say like sorcery equivalents in this game and you can just like kill your opponent's creatures with a kill spell and like sort of farm your points that way and never like like creatures are kind of a vulnerability 
if that's the case, if the point value does matter. Um, so it's hard to, hmm, it's hard to say in the absence of more information. Um, but clearly that's got to be resolved somehow. And it's not super clear what a creature does, uh, if there's nothing to challenge, like if there are no more creatures on your opponent's side of the board, what does your Robin Hood or your Captain Hook do? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like the they they're probably gonna like family friendly eyes all of this, so it's like victory points. Like that's my guess is there's gonna be some kind of like resource like that. So like Mickey, like if Mickey like tags the opponent, you get five victory points or something. You know what I mean? Like something like that, as opposed to. Um, like if Mickey deals five damage to an an opponent or an evasive creature or whatever, so who knows? Um, that's that's one of the things. But I guess to get into like more meta, more like contextual, um, place. Like, what do you think this is gonna do? Because I have ideas of like of of what I think they're gonna do. In regard, not in so much in regards to like mechanics and gameplay, but like models, like what they're gonna try and do. I I honestly feel like this game like will not absorb magic unless they like have looked at what magic has been like fumbling on, which is a lot. You know, there's been a lot, a lot of scripts <laughs> over the years, and just like immediately delivers from the get go. Like I think one of the reasons Flesh and Blood is still alive and kicking is because they looked at magic and they went, "Oh, you're not gonna support a pro competitive scene." Uh, well, we have a game that's really good and fun and cool, um, and we're going to support our pro players, and then people stuck with it, and they're mm-hmm. going to keep playing and stuff. So, like, if Lorcana and Re- Robinsberger looks at the scene of Magic, which they probably play Magic, because they're all game designers, and most people who make and play games play Magic, is something I've learned. Um, they well, I will say... Learn that, you know. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be moving in a different space, because one, uh, in the one of the first articles about the uh, announcement of this game, there's a quote um, from one of the leads at Ravensburger saying uh, magic has a very hot competition level. People love that about magic. We've pulled back from it. Uh, I wouldn't say that we're cooperative in any sense. It's definitely a strategy card game, but we've pulled back the confrontation level because we feel that will appeal to more folks. Um, So I think this is more like a game that's intended to be played sort of like at your family game night with your kids using characters that they're familiar with. And how do I want to say this? I think that uh, one of the advantages of this game is of course, like, you know, it has an incredible suite of IP. Um, It doesn't just have to be these like Disney animated characters. They can easily expand this to other beloved franchises that Disney owns in the same way they've expanded villainous they could make a Star Wars uh, Lorcana set. They could make a Marvel Lorcana set. There's no reason they couldn't do these things. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of opportunities to expand it and you know potentially hit upon other genres. Uh, one thing that I one advantage that I think Magic has is that it looks like Lorcana is aiming at a younger audience and a more casual audience. And magic can sort of differentiate itself in the opposite direction 
like you're never going to see like grizzly art on a Lorcana card. You're not you're not yeah. going to like yeah, the they, they can't aren't going to exist in Lorcana. <laughs> exactly. Like they uh they they you know, they have to say banish instead of dies because it, it's a Disney thing. Um so relatively like darker takes uh, on card games I, th- I think that's still going to be something magic can really move in and not face competition in uh, and and you know i don't know how much advanced information they have but the fact that like they can do a 40k set or they can spend a year in phyrexia means that they can pull at older audiences and people who like a darker tone um one one thing that I kind of want to touch on that is unfortunate about the announcement of this game is like, you know, before we heard about Lorcana, there was always a little hope that, oh, we might get some universes beyond with Disney properties. There are things that I think would be really conducive to uh, a, a magic-esque set. And unfortunately, it appears Disney agreed because they're just going to put it in their own magic game. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, another kind of offshoot of this that I was thinking of is like Disney is much more shameless with promos <laughs> and things like <laughs> like these are going to the cards we've seen are, are going to have like foily treatments and they're going to be like a convention promo. I can't remember what like you're going to have to get them a, at a certain place at a certain time. Mm-hmm. So th- there will be rare um, and collectible, which is cool if you can get your hands on them and if you're interested in this but i have no doubt that they're gonna just from the gate like magic kind of cemented itself in people's minds as like when it first came out as like game first collectibles second and then they had to make concessions to the collectibles markets and uh it now who knows where we're at with that um, it seems like they're very much pushing the collectible market because it's more money there than the game side, even though it's still a game thing. And, and you know, in some ways you can say they're like trying to keep up with the the gamer part of it. The fact that like these are game pieces that people need to play with. But mm-hmm. um, I, me and other people would argue that they're not doing a good enough job of that. But the thing with this is Disney probably isn't necessarily gonna care especially if that like you said they're gravitating towards a more casual audience like you're gonna see like epic mickey like like painter of worlds like only available at like the d23 convention you know like Mm -hmm. like that's that's just gonna be a thing and then if you want to play in a competitive tournament you're gonna need to shell out your like cash for either to get into the convention or like to play the thing. So I have no doubt that that would be something that Disney or Ravensburger might, might pull. There might be like multiple versions of Mickey Mouse, Brave Little Taylor, you know, like special editions, different art, uh, right out of the gate. So that's something that I can foresee this game doing that magic is kind of like trying to do more of, but it's kind of boxed itself in a corner is like, Oh, it turns out we have a really good game. We have to make sure people can play too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, one thing I want to ask you about is like just based on what we've seen so far, assuming that you you 
let's just make the assumption that it kind of works like Hearthstone. You get one new resource per turn, uh, and it's not super easy to to jump ahead. Uh, what can you say about like sort of how they're valuing things in the way they're costing these cards? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So the the quote power quote is incredibly high. Uh, it really, really reminds me of like Alpha and like Ice Age, even like Homelands in that like anything with like four or more power instantly costs like four or five plus. <laughs> like, like just there's no actually more than that. It looks like it looks like the cheapest thing with four power is six. Mm-hmm. So they're costing that very high, which means it's probably pretty easy to hit somebody is my guess. Um, but also another thing about gameplay that I would guess is that if they're starting with these mechanics and pretty simple mechanics at that, um, like Elsa being a, just a tapper, basically, um, we're it's probably going to, they're giving themselves room for power creep. Um, mm-hmm. So the first few sets will probably be pretty simple, pretty easy, pretty easy for like kids to pick up on. Um, and they're giving themselves room to grow and get to the point where Elsa Snow Queen is like Elsa, like freezer of worlds and has like six lines of text on it, <laughs> you know, something like that. So, that's something else like they're really costing these mechanics and specifically power and specifically power as like very expensive like maleficence nine it's a seven power for nine like that's pretty crazy <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm wondering if that means like they expect these games to go very long because like mickey mouse brave little taylor he's a five five evasive for eight mana uh, you put that sort of in magic terms, like that would be reasonable at like I, I mean, you could play, you could print that at uncommon for seven mana easily, maybe even less these days. Um, so I think they're really expecting games to go very long, or maybe it is possible to get to like jump yourself ahead on this resource somehow, because like I I don't think it'd be super fun for players to just have their Maleficent stuck in their hand while they're getting run over by Captain Hooks or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like the Captain Hook thing too is interesting because, because Captain Hook is, it's a one, two for one. So it seems like, like not a super hard hitter, but it challenges as a three, two. So like you like can do three damage to something for, yeah, you can duel pretty something good. pretty well. So that, that seems, uh, that seems good if that's the case but yeah i'm i'm assuming that the other card types we see are going to be like story beats uh from like the storylines of all these characters they're going to be like objects from the stories uh maybe sub characters or like not champions or something i don't i don't know because we don't even really know what these cards are called right like what Mm -hmm. like we don't know if they're like characters units like well i guess they are characters because they the rules text does reference characters like you know during your turn this character has evasive okay there you go um it uh it is a little weird that like they aren't putting the the card type on the card just because like you know they are going to 
presumably reference need to reference it in rules text will it be incredibly i mean maybe it's incredibly obvious to like search your library for a character card you know anything with the power and toughness is a character even if it doesn't say it on there but like magic certainly moved away from that like having uh enchant creatures like it's not obvious that they are enchantments the fact that they move towards enchantment aura with enchant creature means that like some people were getting confused mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm not sure i mean we'll we'll see it is very early at this point um but i just thought it was interesting to like talk about this new contender in the card game space do you think it is too similar to magic like a lot of the mechanics we've seen map onto magic terminology and mechanics pretty well do you think this is too similar um i think it's mm, too similar <laughs> too similar I, i'm gonna leave that for someone else to to say but it's like disturbingly it's upsettingly similar i really was hoping for some like innovation um i love me some card games like i would play flesh and blood a lot if i had more time for it uh, i am very busy <laughs> as a person doing this podcast and a bunch of other stuff school and work and whatnot and i would play i love games though i would play games all the time video games board games D. uh i would play Lorcana a lot if uh, it comes out and it's fun so i was really hoping that this would be a little bit more varied i guess uh, that it would yeah like just try to design a little bit uh more towards what disney is doing as opposed to being pretty much a magic clone because magic is pretty good at like imitating combat and like battles and fireballs and spells and like the flavor that you can get from a magic card is pretty strong um the system is very complex so it's very robust when it comes to like representing um things especially like fantasy and now we've seen sci-fi and whatnot so uh i'm a little bit upset that this is more or less has so far has been like a magic clone you know um so yeah that's kind of where i'm at with it um when i first heard the announcement and we hadn't seen the cards yet i was like okay that seems fine it seems like they're aiming at a different audience uh and interested to see what kind of mechanics they come up with and yeah i felt the same way like it the lack of innovation was disappointing and it honestly like made me feel a a little bit defensive it just felt like the world's biggest ip holder this like entertainment juggernaut and and i know they're like licensing out to ravensburg or whatever it's not disney itself told them to rip off magic but it's so similar it just kind of makes me ask like what's the point it Mm -hmm. but you know we'll see very early uh just to make any judgments about this um one one thing i might note like i there is some text on one of these cards that like implies that there might not be summoning sickness in this game um which you know comparing like hearthstone and magic that really changes the flow of the game it might even be more fair to call this a hearthstone clone rather than a magic clone but difficult to say at this point i'm going to be watching it closely uh to see how this is going to impact the card game space and uh how like 
you know, in, in a way like Hearthstone, it directly competes with Magic Arena, but it doesn't compete with the bulk of Wizards business, like the the physical cards. This is going to be physically printed. And so well, I'm curious to see like how this enters the space that in the US at least really only supports like three major trading card games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there are games that are like very popular in other countries that we've talked about, like um what is it, Monster uh Duel Masters is very, mm-hmm. very popular in Japan still. Yu-Gi-Oh! is fairly popular around the world. Um and other games can take off in other places. So not to say that like if this doesn't pick up in the US, it's not gonna pick up other places and it won't make money and stuff like that, but um yeah, who who knows what's gonna happen? And we're gonna get a trickle of information because as it's coming out in fall of twenty twenty three, like we have a while <laughs> while they <laughs> figure stuff out, print the cards, um drum drum up hype, stuff like that, um, before we like really really get to see like what this is all about, how it's gonna mm-hmm. play, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well I, I think that is all we had to talk about today. Any last thoughts on Lorcana before we uh, close it up? Um, last thought, very quick. I always think it's really funny when games can't reference violence. Um, <laughs> like, especially games that are like competitions. Like, if you can't reference like a sport or something that's like comparable that you can use, uh, you end up with some pretty funny turn of phrases and things to represent competition and fighting without having to actually reference violence. So um, the evasive, the challenge, uh, exerting, I, I'm, I I do look forward to like the workarounds that they're going to have to do to make sure that your Captain Hook doesn't murder someone's Robin Hood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. That's that's just a little funny, little funny thing, you know? Uh, well, I think we can wrap it up there. Uh, quick thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser, Charlotte, The White Clays, Hannah, James, Logan, Roger, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Jim, Andrew, Vasilios, Lugan, Logan, Frugal Brutal, Carl, Oscar, Danny B, Mifflin, Jean-Francois, Drew, Recta, Nick, BJ, Cameron, and Valerio. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron, but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at commander theory. And on Twitter, I am at fat Bartleby. You can also email us at commander theory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud. And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, you can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think.